The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Coming soon to wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, January 5th. In today's news, Bob Mueller's team is investigating a call from the White House counsel to the attorney general. Republicans are negotiating with Trump on DACA. And Steve Bannon is losing his biggest patron after the president's condemnation. But first, the big idea. The Trump administration has angered vulnerable Republicans with announcements about expanding offshore drilling and cracking down on legal marijuana. On Thursday, the administration created huge political headaches for scores of Republicans who were already facing a tough political environment in 2018. Attorney General Jeff Sessions made it easier for federal prosecutors to enforce existing marijuana laws, even in states that have legalized the substance. And Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke unveiled a controversial proposal to permit drilling in most continental shelf waters, including protected areas of the Arctic and the Atlantic. Both of these moves are unpopular, especially among a swath of voters in places that are likely to determine whether the GOP holds the House. A Gallup poll in October found that 64% of Americans now want to legalize marijuana, including a 51% majority of Republicans. Support's particularly strong among millennial voters who Democrats are trying to galvanize for the midterms. So Republicans who are on the ballot in November and in danger pushed back hard. Coastal GOP governors from Florida and Massachusetts to Maryland and even South Carolina said they're against drilling. So did several members of the House and Senate. In the eight states that have legalized marijuana, the pushback to the Sessions announcement was even more intense. For example, Colorado, of course, legalized marijuana a few years back. It now makes up a huge part of the state's revenue. Trump lost by nine points in 2016 in the suburban Denver district represented by Mike Kaufman. The congressman is now considered one of the most endangered Republicans on the ballot in November. He ripped hard into the administration, even urging Sessions to read the Constitution. Dana Rohrabacher, a congressman from California, represents an Orange County district that Hillary Clinton won, went even further. He said, quote, the attorney general has just delivered an extravagant holiday gift to the drug cartels. Meanwhile, in place like Massachusetts, Charlie Baker is up for re-election this fall as a Republican in a state Trump lost by 27 points. He's established himself as somewhat independent, and yesterday he spoke out against the administration's positions on both marijuana and drilling. Looking ahead past 2018 to 2020, Cory Gardner, a Republican senator from Colorado, perhaps the most vulnerable Republican incumbent who will be on the ballot when Trump ostensibly is up for re-election, threatened to put a hold on all of Trump's nominees for the Justice Department over the new directive. That threat is meaningful, and Gardner has lots of leverage because there are still no confirmed assistant attorneys general for the National Security, Criminal, or Civil Rights Divisions. Gardner spoke by phone on Thursday with Sessions. Afterwards, he told The Post, let's just say there was no reconciliation of differences. He said the two plan to meet next week. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Bob Mueller's team of prosecutors is probing several incidents involving Trump that raise serious questions about whether he obstructed justice. In March, according to a new report in the New York Times, Trump told White House lawyer Don McGahn to lobby Jeff Sessions not to recuse himself from the Russia investigation. After McGahn was unsuccessful because Sessions had already made up his mind, Trump grew furious in front of several aides and said he needed an attorney general who could, quote, protect 
him. Another example that Mueller is looking at, handwritten notes from former White House Chief of Staff Reince Priebus show that Trump urged then-FBI Director Jim Comey to publicly say Trump was not under investigation. When Comey declined to do so during a public Senate hearing in May, Trump started talking about his desire to fire Comey and otherwise undermine him. Mueller's team is also looking into the false statement that the president dictated on Air Force One in July after the White House found out that Donald Trump met with a Russian lawyer who promised dirt on Democrat Hillary Clinton during the 2016 campaign, and it was about to be reported. Number two, Trump called on Congress to deliver a bipartisan deal to ensure that some younger undocumented immigrants can remain in the country without fear of deportation ahead of a March 5th deadline, which he set. If Congress doesn't act by then, undocumented immigrants covered under the so-called DACA program will lose their work permits. Republican Senator Jeff Flake of Arizona says that in exchange for his vote on the GOP tax cuts, Trump promised him that a bill addressing the fate of DACA recipients would be given a vote on the Senate floor before the end of January. That's this month. The president also maintains that he won't do that unless he gets money for a border wall and cuts to legal immigration. Now, in order to get a DACA deal done, Republicans are going to need at least eight Republican votes because you have to get 60 votes in the Senate. Actually, it's nine now because Doug Jones was sworn in this week as the senator from Alabama. Republican senators met with Trump at the White House yesterday to discuss strategy. Afterwards, they said that they expect any eventual agreement to include language authorizing a plan that will result in an extra 600 miles of border wall, but probably not the entire border wall. They're trying to figure out some kind of deal where they could get Democratic support there. Trump plans to host a bipartisan group of lawmakers next week to continue negotiations. Number three, the publisher of Michael Wolff's new book about Trump pushed up the release date due to demand. One DC bookstore stayed open until 1 a.m. on Friday so that patrons could get in line and buy the book at midnight. That move defied Trump's lawyers who issued a cease and desist letter to the publisher hours earlier. Legal experts note that Trump really has no case to block publication of Wolff's book. But some experts say that Trump's mere threats set a dangerous First Amendment precedent, regardless of their effectiveness. Meanwhile, former White House chief strategist Steve Bannon's hopes of leading a revolt against the GOP establishment suffered another serious blow. Bannon's allies, including his most important financial backer, Rebecca Mercer, a billionaire, are abandoning him after Trump condemned him over unflattering comments he made to Wolf about the family. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, January 5th. Thanks so much for listening. Stay warm this weekend. I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you on Monday.